Hello, readers. Adam Mansbach is a novelist, screenwriter, cultural critic, and humorist. He's the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Go the Fuck to Sleep, the 2014 sequel, You Have to Fucking Eat, also a New York Times bestseller, and the latest book in that series, Fuck, Now There Are Two of You. Adam, thank you for the time. How are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing okay. Uh, I'm going to avoid trying to ask you the same five questions that you have answered uh, going back to 2011 when Go the Fuck to Sleep first came out. This is actually the third in that series. It was followed up in 2015 by Seriously, You Have to Fucking Eat, and now Fuck, Now There Are Two of You. Uh, Is this one of those things where you realize you've got a good thing going, so you feel like every four years you're just going to (laughs) crank another one of these things out as your kids get older and you realize there's more of these crazy situations that you have to deal with as a parent? You know, I I wish it was that uh, calculated on my part, because what is not calculated on my part is that I continue to keep having children. So the reason I wrote (laughs) this book is that I now I'm actually the the book is actually, um, you know, an understatement because I actually have three kids, two of whom are currently under two and a half. So I wrote the book to uh, reflect my my changing reality. Oh, my gosh. Two under two and a half. And uh, your oldest child, I believe, is uh, your daughter, Vivian, correct? Yeah. How old Vivian is she? She's 11 now. She's, She's 11. 11. Okay. My oldest is also uh, a girl. and her, her name is Vivian, too, although we sp- uh, spell it oh, t- no slightly differently. So for an 11-year-old to have two siblings under two and a half, is she able to help out that much? Or is she still a couple of years away from that built-in babysitter system that you guys have? No, she's actually super helpful. Um you know, I don't know that I would like leave for the weekend and let her watch the kids, but I would certainly consider it. And I definitely think nothing of leaving her with the kids or, you know, being in the house, but telling her that the kids are now her responsibility. She's not always super fond of that, but I feel very comfortable doing it. So uh, rather than ask you about the genesis of this idea altogether, because you've told it plenty of times before, and if anybody wants to go check that out, they should uh, listen to uh, Adam's speech through the Moth website. It's a very, uh, very great retelling of how uh, Go the Fuck to Sleep first came about. I'm curious to know where the genesis of this idea came about specifically. Obviously, uh, you've had two kids in the last two and a half years. Was there a moment after that second kid came that you're like, all right, uh, I've got to address this in the uh, the fashion that people have come to love? Um, I, I wrote this book while my partner was pregnant with the third kid, our second kid together. Okay. Um, and, you know, at some point, Everybody who has a second kid or, you know, more than two kids sits down with the older kids to, like, tell them what's about to happen. And I had done that with Vivian, my oldest, when her sister was, you know, forthcoming and was now about to have to do it again with an even younger kid. So the book is modeled sort of on that conversation that every parent has had with their older kid to let them know what's coming. And it's kind of, you know, the real version of that conversation, which is. Like, hey, guess what? This, what? this wonderful thing is going to happen, but also you won't be the focus of all our attention anymore, and that's probably going to turn you into an asshole. And, like, <laughs> our house is about to wreck, and, like, this is going to be wonderful, but also a total shit show. So I kind of wrote the book in anticipation and in memory of having that conversation, if that makes sense. I love that. Uh, it absolutely does make sense. And it's weird, too, because... The first kid gets so much of your attention. I mean, you're trying to do everything perfectly, whether it's diet and sleep schedules and all sorts of other things. 
But at least for us with number two, so much of that fell by the wayside. That's not to say we just went total deadbeat parents on our uh, our son, but some of the uh, the strict things that we had in place for our daughter her first couple of years were just not happening with number two because it is infinitely more work, it feels like, and that's something that you actually addressed in uh, Fuck Now That There Are Two of You. Yeah, I think I have a line in there that's something like, two is a million more kids than one, which is <laughs> how I feel about it. Um, yeah, it's funny. I think in a lot of families, you know, I mean, now we, you know, now, now, now everybody, you know, doesn't necessarily like print out photos and make photo albums. But I feel like if you go into the home of anybody who had kids in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s or 90s and you look at the photo albums, there's like a million albums of everything the first kid did <laughs> and then like nothing for the second kid or the third kid or any other kids, you know, it's like. A lot, yeah. You can get, you, you're juggling more, and the second kid is never the focus of all your attention. They never experience that. They'll never know what that even means. And guess what? The first kid who was used to that uh, has to find out what life is like when they're not the focus anymore. So it's kind of like a shit show for everybody. That is uh, so well said there. Now, I'm curious about the process of writing a children's book, and I actually want to talk about some of your other works in a second, too, and uh, doing research for this. I just didn't realize how accomplished a writer you were, but uh, I believe you've been working with uh, Owen Brosman, your illustrator, on all three of these books now. How did you guys first uh, connect and uh, want to put together a uh, not only the novelty project, which is more for the parents, but an actual kid's book that doesn't have the cussing in it, but still addresses some of the things that you talk about in something like uh, Go the Fuck to Sleep, or You Have to Fucking Eat, or these, this newest one, Fuck Now There Are Two of You. Um, well, so Go the Fuck to Sleep was actually illustrated by Ricardo Cortez. Um, but I, you're right that I've done three books with Owen because he and I collaborated on a graphic novel called Nature of the Beast many years ago. Mm. And that's actually how I met him was simply like trolling the Internet, looking for an illustrator whose work I really liked for kind of this action adventure sci fi graphic novel. And Owen, uh, I found his portfolio online. His work looked really good to me. He particularly seemed good at like animals. And there were a lot of animals in that book. Um, and we connected, we got along really well. He illustrated that book, which was, you know, like a 250 page, insane, full color, very much a labor of love because there was no money <laughs> to be had. Um, and the book sold like seven copies, but <laughs> almost, almost because I wanted to uh, make it up to him, I asked him to illustrate, um, you have to fucking eat. And now he's on this new one. And, you know, we all, we've always done the, the kids version of these books, the like G rated versions, because there's always a lot of feedback from parents who are like, oh, you know, against my better judgment, I read these books to my kids. I just change the words. I leave out the curses. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, let's help you out with that. Let's give you a version where you don't have to, you know, make it up on the fly, where maybe the lines even scan properly, do them at a little bit bigger size for the kids. And, you know, throw in a couple of kind of funny Easter eggs for the parents. Like, you know, we go the fuck to sleep. There's an illustration of a father sneaking out of his kid's room. And when we did the children's version of it, we replaced that father with Sam Jackson sneaking out of the room, uh, you know, dressed as Jules from Pulp Fiction because he had just done the audio book and that kind of thing. So that, that's kind of a fun part of it. I love that. And uh, what's the hardest part about writing a uh, children's book or I guess getting a children's book published? Um, the hardest part, I think, is 
you know, you don't have many words and everything's, you know, obviously to state the obvious, everything's got to rhyme and scan properly, but also, which isn't that hard. Um, the hard part is making sure that you sort of convey the emotions with a certain amount of precision because um, to connect with parents and to really properly convey the kind of interior monologue of a parent in those few words is not the easiest thing in the world. So there's a certain amount of trying to do a lot with a very limited sort of palette in terms of the, the, the number of words you have and the imperative to have, you know, in my case, an A, B, C, B rhyme scheme that kind of is locked in. So, you know, takes a little bit of finagling sometimes. So for you, how long did it take to go from the start of the idea for the new one, fuck now there are two of you, all the way to the point where it was really out of your hands, all the illustrations had been done, you guys were ready to uh, to publish the book. How, how long is that process? The writing is fairly quick. I mean, I think I sat down and knocked out most of a draft in an evening. I maybe got to like 12 of my 14 stanzas. And then, you know, I did a lot of editing and revising and swapping them out and showing them around to friends and reading them out loud. Um, but, you know, again, it's not that many words. Uh, and I'm busy. I got kids to deal with. So <laughs> I probably did it over the course of a couple of weeks. The illustrations take a lot longer. And there's a conversation between me and Owen about each illustration and what it should do, you know, whether it's sort of playing the straight man or whether it's veering into absurdity or like what elements we want there. Um, sometimes there's asking friends for photos of their kids so that Owen can draw from those kids because mm. it's always fun to like get some real kids and some friends kids into the books. Um, Owen's job is harder than mine in terms of the number of hours. Like he probably had a good six or eight months. I want to say to illustrate this book. Wow. Yeah. And uh, you give him what you've written as a, uh, a sort of guide to uh, for them, him to then try and illustrate and uh, make your words come alive. Yeah, exactly. And we have a very in-depth conversation about each illustration. So I'm, I'm sort of giving him a roadmap um, with each one. Now, uh, another way that you help these words to come alive is with the audio version of the book. You just mentioned that Sam L. Jackson helped you out with Go the Fuck to Sleep. And uh, the guy that you got to help you read Fuck Now There Are Two of You is uh, one of my all-time favorites. It is Larry David. He of Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm fame. Uh, I was just blown away to read that, Adam. How did that come about? Yeah, it's incredible. And, and I, I don't know if you've heard it yet or seen the video, but stay tuned because it's pretty fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, Larry, I mean, Larry's a national treasure, you know, like I was incredibly excited and flattered that he said yes, because, you know, frankly, he doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> he doesn't ever nope. have to leave his house again and um, and seldom does leave his house. So getting him was really incredible. Um, it happened largely, I think, through a mutual friend. I have a, a buddy and co-writer by the name of Alan Zwei Bell, who I've done four books with at this point, and who is Larry's best friend, one of Larry's oldest friends. So Alan was the guy who approached Larry on my behalf. And frankly, I thought it was a total long shot. Like, <laughs> I did not think it was likely that Larry David was going to do this. Um, but he did, which uh, is incredible. And I, th I think means he thinks it's funny, you know, or that he owes Alan... Um, some money or something. <laughs> and uh, did you actually get to hang out with Larry for a little bit before he uh, he did the audio recording? 
No, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend the recording session. I was invited, but I was on the other side of the country at the time. And once again, I'm going to blame my children. I couldn't get away. Um, <laughs> so I have not yet met him, but I, I, you know, I plan to. I hope to. I, I'll be in L.A. Um, next month with Alan's Bell and, uh, you know, we should we should probably you know have a drink then. I, I would hope so, or at uh, or at least a a gripe session or something. Knowing uh, Larry's yeah. tendencies on things, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, Adam, I was uh, I was also um, I was fascinated to find out that uh, you you do a lot of different sorts of things in the way of writing. Uh, you've done poetry before. You mentioned the graphic novel. Uh, you, you wrote the screenplay for uh, Barry, the Barack Obama doc- documentary from a couple of years ago. You've also written several novels, too. Uh, I'm somebody who loves to read. Do you have a suggestion for somebody like me who is curious to read more uh, that you've done based on the base knowledge we have on you, based on the series of uh, books, <laughs> the uh, the Go to Fuck to Sleep, all the way through to Fuck Now There Are Two of You? Is there a novel that I should start with for you? Oh, it's very kind of you to ask. And I always appreciate when people do recognize that I write more than just obscene fake children's books. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I'm, I'm often in a situation where that research has not been done and people are like, so what did you do before you wrote Go the Fuck to Sleep? And I'm like, I wrote, you know, five <laughs> novels. Thanks for asking. Um, uh, my, the novel that I wrote most recently, which came out in 2013, which at this point is a while, um, is called Rage's Back. And I'm quite fond of it. It's a it's a really fun book. It's a kind of magic, realist, graffiti revenge novel about uh, a father and a son in New York City. The father was a famous graffiti writer from the the train era when uh, when you know there was were these vibrant murals being written on the outsides of New York City's trains, and the city was desperate to stop the writers and spent three hundred million dollars in 1980s money and money the city really didn't have to fight graffiti, which for them was very much a coded kind of war on, uh, you know, it was about race and class and comfort. Um, and the book is about <clears throat> all of these writers from the 80s um, whose work has not been seen for 25 years, sort of making a collective comeback and trying to paint the entire, uh, the entirety of every train in New York City's subway system at once in one night in order to bring down a former Vandal Squad cop who is now running for mayor. Um, and it's a, it's a, it was a really fun book for me to write. It's sort of like a, like a heist kind of thing. And it's, it's pretty fun. I had a good time with it. So maybe start there. Sounds like a cool concept. And, uh, based on that, who were some of the writers that you really enjoyed growing up guys who not only, uh, stoked your love of reading, but also made you more curious about the art of writing? Uh, that's a good question. Um, one writer who was, was, and remains one of my favorites who I discovered when I was probably, about 15, and he was at the beginning of his career, is a guy named Paul Beatty, who started off as a poet. He was one of the early uh, New Yorican slam guys who was like, you know, the winner of the slam in, I think, 1992. But is not a performance poet. It's just a guy whose poetry is really good. And even though he stood up there and read it in a monotone, like he still won, you know, over these guys who were doing all this kind of corny theatrical shit um and he's since become a novelist uh he wrote a book called the white boy shuffle he won the man booker prize last year for a book called the sellout and you know paul is somebody that i i always enjoyed his satire was razor sharp he was very funny his wordplay was very good um 
and I still like him a lot, and he's become a friend, which is always very gratifying. Oh, wow. You get the chance to kind of, you know, become friends with the people like you grew up idolizing, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say has happened to me a few times. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm co-writing books now with guys like Alan Zweibel, who, as I mentioned, is, is Larry's friend and was one of the original writers on Saturday Night Live and worked on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So, like, I grew up watching his work, and now I get to work with him and same with Dave Barry. Alan, Dave, and I just wrote a book together. You know, I, I, I read Dave Barry's books over and over as a kid. I plagiarized Dave Barry for my own high school humor column, you know, and now I'm like writing with him. It's kind of amazing. It's really kind of a cool thing. That is very cool, man. Uh, since you mentioned the uh, project that you've done with uh, Zoe Bell and uh, Dave Barry, I did want to ask you because Jewish New Year started yesterday about a field guide to the Jewish people. What exactly is that one? Yeah, it's funny. Our publisher, we that book just came out, and our publisher wanted to publish it during the Jewish high holidays, <laughs> the new, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the the New Year, and the Day of Atonement. I think in a mistaken belief that those are like big book buying times for the <laughs> Jewish people, which, which they're definitely not. Um, but yeah, the book is called A Field Guide to the Jewish People, and it's basically a a, a humorous uh, attempt to convey <laughs> the entire. Um, history and calendar of Judaism. Um, and we had a lot of fun writing it. You know, the three of us, uh, you know, we, we, we all live in different states, so we're sort of shooting these comedic pieces back and forth over email. And, you know, now we're touring the book, and it's, it's great. Like, for one thing, it's the only time I ever get to be the youngest guy in the room by 30 years, because Dave and Alan are both, like, in their early 70s. And it's great. You know, it's like they're... they're fonts of, of wisdom and experience. And, you know, they've got stories like Alan's telling stories about Henny Youngman. You know, it's like, when am I ever going to be in a position where I'm hanging out with people who know stories about Henny Youngman? You know, it's incredible. Um, so, yeah, that was the second book that we wrote together. The first was also kind of a, it was a, a parody of a Passover Haggadah, which is like the liturgy that you read at a, a Passover Seder. And, you know, yeah, it's just, it's really fun. You know, it's, it's nice for me to have a balance of of, uh, you know, in my work life of projects that are really just like hilarious for me and collaborative and allow me to like get out of my house and socialize with other writers and stuff that, you know, is a little more serious and takes me a little more time. And this is certainly the former. Well, you know, this as somebody who has an 11 year old and two kids under the age of two and a half that even having the first kid changes the ability to be a normal functioning adult human being. You have to pick and choose those moments when you're able to do so. So it sounds like uh, with what you get to do with these guys and uh, through some of the, uh, the different works that you publish over time, that's a, a pretty good outlet for you. Yeah, it's, it really is. Um, and, you know, it's, it's nice to work in these kind of different genres and have multiple projects going at once. Um, also, of course, the joy of co-writers is that, like, you write a chapter, you send it off, and then the ball's in somebody else's court, and you don't have to think about the thing until somebody else gets off their ass and does their job and sends it back to you. So that's also really nice about collaboration. Last thing here, Adam, considering that Fuck Now There Are Two of You is the third in this series of books that started with Go the Fuck to Sleep, have you given any consideration to the fourth in this series? And if so, what are some of the ideas you're kicking around in your head right now? <laughs> nah, man, I'm, I'm going to 
stubbornly refuse to think about it for at least a couple more years. <laughs> okay, good, good. And are there any other projects in the pipeline for you just in terms of uh, getting back to the novel thing? You mentioned the last novel that you wrote, uh, The uh, Rage is Back, was done in 2013. You may be considering going back, back into that genre? I am, yeah. I'm, I'm in the early stages of writing a novel, and I also have kind of a, a memoir in poetic form, I guess you could say. It's, it's basically one long poem. It doesn't rhyme or anything, but it's in sort of blank verse. Uh, will be published next September um, with, uh, with One World, which is a division of Random House, and I've been working on that, and I'm, I'm excited to do that. It's a, it's a little bit of a different thing for me, and it uses a different part of my brain, and I'm excited to get that out in the world, too. Interesting. I read a Mark Daniel Lewski book uh, a couple years ago that was uh, along those lines, and it was a fascinating read. So best of luck with that. He is Adam Mansbach. He is a novelist, screenwriter, cultural critic, and humorist. He's the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Go to the Fuck to Sleep, the 2014 sequel, You Have to Fucking Eat, also a New York Times bestseller, and the latest book in that series, Fuck, Now There Are Two of You. You can get it now wherever books are sold. Go to check out more of his work at adammansbach.com. Also check him out on Twitter, at Adam Mansbach. Adam, thank you so much for the time today, man. Really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Thank you.